As we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and taught your will. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Today's scripture passage comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. Listen now for the word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ, for in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink from one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior members, that there, are many, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it, if one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Amen. About a month ago, our youth group celebrated Adventure Night. It's a favorite youth event. We do this twice a year. This year, we began Adventure Night by traveling together to dinner, then to an escape room where all three groups escaped, which is very impressive. And then we came back to the church for ice cream and our favorite game, Grog. So how many people have heard of the game Grog? Okay, more in the front, I see. <laughs> um, well, it's a popular church game, and if you haven't heard of it, I'm sure that you can ask one of the youth after the service to tell you about it because it's a lot of fun. My favorite part of the game is the particular way that we play it here at First Presbyterian, right before the game begins, we turn off all the lights in the fellowship hall so that the only light that remains is a flashlight. And we deliver the instructions to the game in the form of a story, the legend of the grogs. And what I've been told is that this is a story that has been going on here at First Presbyterian for many years. And like many good stories, each time it's told, a new layer is added. 
We begin by telling about a time many years ago when this land that we're on now was once an airplane landing strip. And last year was the first time that we settled on a name for what this airport would be called. We decided to call it Groggy International. And this most recent time, when we got to the part in the story when we are talking about the airplanes that are flying overhead, Groggy International, two of the middle schoolers jumped up spontaneously and they began reenacting the airplanes with arm gestures and sound effects. Other members of the group started to contribute their own parts to the story. And it was the same story that had been told many times before, but this time it had taken on a new life. And I bet that the next time we tell it, each one of those layers will have been folded in to the tradition. Because with each new voice that's added, the story only becomes stronger and fuller. Today's passage invites us to reflect on the diversity of parts that make up our church body and how it's only with all our parts that we can live into the fullness to which we're called. In just a minute, you'll be hearing from four members of our church, Abby Crow, Avery Ingram, Ella Fallen, and Charlie Collins. Each of these seniors, along with many others that you see up here today, have grown up at this church. They've lent their time to service projects, shared their talents in music and art, brought new insight into group discussions and Bible studies, served as youth mentors for the confirmation class and leaders on the prayer team. And in all of these ways, they've made our story fuller helping to strengthen us as a Christ body, one body with many members, each one of us playing our own part. So I invite you now to listen with curiosity to each of their experiences and to receive with joy these new layers to our story offered by these vital members of our church body. Alongside thousands of other AP literature students across the country, I read How to Read Literature Like a Professor by Thomas C. Foster this past September. The author taught us how to analyze and creatively think about the texts that we read in and out of school. To me, the most memorable point he made was saying that when people gather to eat, they are having communion. Sometimes meals are just meals, but often I found they represent something greater and more meaningful. Growing up in a family that loves church and loves good food, this connection made sense to me. If you know anything about my Louisiana-bred grandmother, Rose Lane Nemo, or Gigi, you can probably guess that I've been fed pretty well the past 18 years. <laughs> Our family tradition every Christmas Eve goes like this. Church, Gigi's delicious gumbo and salad, and reading the Cajun Night Before Christmas. The intertwining of faith and food doesn't stop there, though. From post-service church cookies and lemonade, to Wednesday night dinners, to intermission and the annual progressive dinner, I can confidently say that the FPC crowd enjoys communion in all of its many forms.
When I was younger, coming to church every Sunday was easy. I would get dressed up, sit with my mom and grandparents in the middle of the left side, draw on the bulletins with the little golf pencils, and eagerly wait to pass the silver tray of refreshing baby grape juices and tasty bread. I loved going to vacation Bible school, Club 4-5, Sunday school, youth group, and of course, Montreat. All of these experiences helped shape my identity in God and gave me the most affectionate church family that I am proud to be a part of. While nothing will ever replace this beautiful sanctuary, the devoted sermons, incredible music, and loving familiar faces, I've realized as I've gotten older that community and belonging to God can be found outside of my favorite building on Cary Street. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of the author Grace Valentine, but she is about five years out of college and currently writing devotionals and mini books typically directed at teenage and college-aged kids. A few months ago, I saw somebody repost one of her mini books on Instagram titled 17 Things I Wish I Knew as a Senior in High School. I was immediately hooked by the accessibility of Jesus at my fingertips. She stays honest about the realities of young adult life, but reminds her audience that you belong to God no matter what good or bad decisions you make. She emphasizes the importance of finding your people, people with whom you can laugh, cry, worship, and have communion. Through the help of Grace's writing, my excitement for worship in all its forms has been revitalized, and I'm really looking forward to finding a like-minded ministry in Athens, Georgia. As many of my friends from youth group are either finishing their first year of college or about to graduate from high school, it sometimes feels like the puzzle of our lives will be too scattered, that our communion will stretch too far. However, I'd rather look at it as a spreading of our love for each other in God. No matter how far we go, Blacksburg, Charlottesville, Spartan, Raleigh, Tuscaloosa, Knoxville, Athens, to name a few, I'm confident our identity in Christ will always help us find each other again. We will find each other in the meals we share, the laughs we have, and the group chat updates we send. Thank you. emotional. <laughs> um, singing in the Yam Choir, cookies that go on your fingers in the fellowship hall, grog or popcorn in the movie theater during youth group, Little Ladies Lunch Bunch, Montreat, the church musicals including Whistle Down the Wind, Children of Eden, or Godspell. This is church. I often find myself saying, church people are my church. At FPC, I've been so lucky to grow up with a solid group of people who I call my church family. While we all live very different lives between our performers, our academic superstars, or our three-sport athletes, we will always have one thing in common, our love for each other and the memories we made over the past 18 years. I know I would not be myself today without these people. For example, running through the halls with Ella, or singing in the church musicals with Zoe. While our friendships don't exactly play out in this building as much anymore, they stood the test of time. I know we could call on each other for anything, because 
Because our friendships formed at such a young age and through this church, I know they will be forever friends, and I can thank FPC for that. Along with my peers, I'm so lucky to grow up in a place where I have support everywhere I turn from people who are not necessarily my age. The beauty about the community we have at FPC is there are so many loving adults who want to and are devoted to helping us grow up. For example, Mrs. Tuning was my confirmation mentor four years ago, and we are still in touch. In fact, just over winter break, we went to dinner with the rest of my, my confirmation group and talked about college. We've gone through a few youth group leaders in the past seven years. However, I felt supported and loved by each and every one of them. And I know that if I needed anything, they were a call away. Chris, Annie, Wilson, and Elise were all past mentors and taught me how to love God and love others. However, the future of youth FPC looks so bright, and I know that children like me will feel that sense of love from Josh, Hannah, or whoever else comes their way. Lastly, I learned my love for music from Suzanne Reel and Margaret Woods. One of the places I feel closest to God is when I'm singing or listening to music. And that stemmed from my time with both of those teachers in the choir room with one-on-one -on -one piano lessons that didn't really last long, <laughs> or voice lessons. I have seen my relationship with God grow through my relationships with my church people. Matthew writes in chapter 18, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I see God the most in the love that my friends have shown me throughout the years. I know that I will always feel a sense of belonging when I am with my people. As we go into our next chapter, I hope that we go out and carry our love for each other into the world. Thank you. I've been a member of the church since I was born. I'm so thankful that my parents have raised me in such a wonderful place and have wanted me to start and further my relationship with the Lord from the beginning. Through the years, First Press has provided me with a sense of community and belonging. I remember attending Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and singing deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. <laughs> and being surrounded by God's children who are learning about the gospel and how to live out the truth of the Lord. As I, grew older, as, I, as I grew older, I became involved in youth groups and other church activities, such as Grog, Epic Nights, and Little Ladies Lunch Bunch, which furthered my sense of community and belonging in the church. These experiences have helped me develop lifelong friendships and provided me with a support system that I knew I could rely on. One of my recent most unforgettable moments with my church family was our week at Montreat. For those of you who don't know, Montreat is a week-long youth conference in North Carolina. During our trip, one day we headed to the ER because we had to get a series of rabies shots. Yeah. <laughs> I know getting rabies shots at church camp is not something most people would expect, but spending time in the ER and getting, and getting the shots together was an opportunity for us girls to grow closer to one another and to develop a stronger sense of community and shared responsibility. By supporting one another through the process, we build a stronger connection and a deeper sense of trust and mutual respect, which has lasted long after our trip to Montreat. The trust that we have for one another is us relying on the Lord with our hearts and showing 
each other how great he is, even in crazy and unexpected times. A memory that will hold close to my heart forever with our four closest church friends was during preschool. Every Friday, our mothers started what they called Little Ladies Lunch Bunch. This meant that every Friday, these four amazing mothers would rotate having afternoon lunches at their houses. These Fridays were filled with laughs, conversations, and of course, good food. We built deep friendships with one another and supported each other through our walks with the Lord. I'm so thankful for these moms starting this for us. I hope that we remember the Fridays that we would spend together and how it felt, and how it felt. <laughs> I pray for each one of the girls and my other fellow seniors that as we go off to college, you'll remember where you started and the community can be found anywhere you fully rely on the Lord. Amazing relationships that ones like the ones we built with one another will be found. Lastly, since it's Mother's Day, it's very important to me that I acknowledge the impact that my mom, Kathy, has had on me and my walk with God. Mom, thank you for driving me to youth groups and anything that I wanted to do revolving around the church. Thank you for making my schedule work so that I could spend a week in the mountains of North Carolina with my closest friends. Thank you for starting the Little Ladies Lunch Funds with the, with the other moms and wanting me to know how important it is to have friendships that are centered around the Lord. I would not know what God is without you or your consistent prayers in the way that you care for me so deeply. Thank you for all you have done for me in making my community strong and centered in faith. I love you and happy Mother's Day. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, my mom is the Reverend Mary Kay Collins, one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian. That means the church has always been a big part of my life. As a child, my identity in the church was always defined by who my mom was, and my experiences in the church reflected this. Even as a preschooler here at First Presbyterian Preschool, this was true, because I remember that if other kids misbehaved, the teachers would call their parents. But if I happened to misbehave, which I assure you did not happen often, <laughs> thank you, Josh, I got brought straight to my mom's office. <laughs> Stories like this fill my memory of the church. I remember speaking during Sunday services because my mom wanted me to. I remember raiding the kitchen because my mom showed me where the snacks were and constantly meeting people who would always tell me how much they love my mom. And while I also love my mom, I was a bit of a rebellious child, and I remember thinking that since the church loved my mom so much, it wasn't for me. As a child slash teen, I mainly saw the differences between myself and my parents, and I didn't see how I could fit into a church that my mom was such a foundation of. I kept up this thinking until as a rising ninth grader, I went with the FPC youth to Montreat, which is a PCUSA summer camp. The great thing about Montreat is that except for the 20 or so youth that went with me, no one had any idea who my parents were. I believe that is one of the great things about Montreat. It allows youth to develop their faith and relationships without the pressures of their parents or any of their past experiences. For me, this was incredibly valuable because I went from being Mary Kay's kid to being able to be myself. And this experience of freedom is what led me to decipher my call to ministry. The scripture reading today reminds me of the truth that is evident in my faith journey so far. 
that when comparing yourself to other members of the church, it's easy to obsess over the differences between you and them and use that as a reason to think of yourself as unworthy or not a part of the church. In the same way, the foot said it wasn't a part of the body because it wasn't a hand, or the ear said it wasn't a part of the body because it wasn't an eye, I once thought I wasn't a part of the body because I'm not my mom. But the difference between my mom and me shouldn't hold me back from the church. In fact, it should be celebrated, a celebrated reason to join the church, because every individual with their own unique traits and identity becomes one through the body of Christ. The world needs each of us to bring our different gifts to serve the world that God loves to the glory of God. As my peers and I head off into the world, we take with us all that we've learned and how we've been nurtured and loved here. We know this will continue to be a church that welcomes and loves all of God's children as you have welcomed, loved, informed us. Thank you, and thanks be to God. Amen.